Beltone Hearing Aid Center presents The Drive. Ready, fight! The Drive. Elmore deep, left side three, it's good! From 30 feet, John Elmore! The Drive with Paul Swan. Welcome into the Wednesday, December 12th edition. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're here this hour to get you ready for Marshall and South Florida and the Gasparilla Bowl. That's coming up next week. We had a chance to catch up with a few of the guys. We're going to hear from them a little bit later on. Plus, we'll get your phone calls in 877-420-TALK-877-420. 420-8255. We've got a busy day. Uh, I know we talked a little bit about it yesterday, but it feels like it's been blowing up a little bit more. The whole idea of expanding the college football playoff, which I don't see happening anytime soon, and I'll tell you why. Because where does it benefit the power schools? Ultimately, at the end of the day, the whole college football playoff was invented to serve their needs. And that's it. Nothing more. Nothing else other than to serve their needs. The Power 5 schools aren't interested in, hey, here's a school that's not in our little cabal, and they're worthy of getting a shot and maybe competing for the mythical national championship. So why do they care? So the committee, they'll go through their processes, come up with the reasons why, And if you expand the college football playoff to eight teams, maybe you have five conference champions and you have three at-larges, well, then there's just three more opportunities to deny, say, UCF and getting into the playoff. I think you have to have a system where if you want to make this equitable as possible, you take, one, the champions from the Power five, you don't see my air quotes here, the power five, two, you then take the best of the group of five. You want to call them that. Highest ranked team. The team that's got the highest RPI, whatever. Whatever metric you want to use. Whatever. Highest index score, anything you want to measure. So UCF would be that team. Okay, they get the automatic bid. Then you have a play-in system. I think you need to have those other two slots. You want to have a play-in system, and then you take the other group of five conference champions, and they have to play in. So really it's an early first round. That way everybody who's a conference champion gets a shot at this. Instead of having ten conference champions all compete against each other, I'll concede that you take the group of five schools and then you have a little mini playoff for them. And then you reseed everybody. Okay? I think that's fair. Not going to happen. And that's just my idea. And I'm pretty sure nobody would entertain that because, well, why would a playoff work in college football? After all, that playoff for then 1AA, the football championship subdivision, those 1AA schools, it seems to work for them. It seems to work for them. Why not have a championship structure and a playoff format? Then you get a few extra teams in. But, of course, we've got to go through the bowl hierarchy. The bowls are part of the reason why this isn't going to happen. 
You had to find a way to incorporate the Bulls into your playoff system, your four, then two. So here's an opportunity to get a rotation. It's an invitational. That's what it is. I'm going to start going with that. This is an invitational. we got some exciting college football coming up. These games mean a lot. you got the four supposedly best teams going at it, trying to play for a championship. But at the end of the day, it's an invitational. That's it. It's like the NIT. It's a national invitation for college football. That's it. We're inviting you to play. We have determined that you are the four, in our minds, best teams. We're going to invite you to play. Central Florida is undefeated. Eh, sorry. Man, that doesn't mean anything. You've gone back-to-back, and you're undefeated. But that doesn't mean anything. We've inched you up. You get to come into an access bowl. And that really used to be the thing. Hey, here it is. You guys get to play, too. We're going to give you a cut of the money here, but you don't have a shot at this thing. No, make it open. If you're a Division I school, you should have an open shot at playing for a national championship. And there should be criteria. We can't just invite everybody. This isn't an open free-for-all. But I think... The season matters. The season matters. Conference championships matter. So if you win your conference, you are locked in for a spot. And you know what? If you want to try to figure a way to have an at-large system, then all right, I'll do this for you. I'll concede that you might not want to have the Conference USA or the MAC champion going at this thing if they don't qualify. I think the play-in system works, but you gotta you got to account for Notre Dame. And then other than to say, hey, Notre Dame, join a conference, that's not going to happen. That's fine. Have some at-larges if they qualify for an at-large. And now I would say they'd have to be really good to qualify for an at-large. So you want to have eight slots? Okay, we'll give you eight slots. Uh, one's got to be a guarantee for a group of five. Guarantee, not a, if you're good enough, we'll invite you. No. Conference champion, best conference champion of the group of five. Gets an automatic. How that's determined, we'll all come up with a uniform ranking system. So we see that UCF is considered ninth best team in the country. Okay, that makes them the best team of the group of five. They're conference champion. All right. Highest conference champion gets in. Then that leaves you two at-larges. I like the fact that, okay, you want to invite Notre Dame, they get an at-large spot. They don't get an automatic. They're an independent. They don't play in a conference, but if they're worthy, they get an at-large. If you want to go that route. I think the best way to do this, though, full-blown playoff. It's not going to happen. I can only dream. But it guarantees, it guarantees that everybody gets a fair shot at this. You know what? At that point, then you get 10 conference champions. Everybody's guaranteed. The conference champions guaranteed. 10 conference champions, then you've got six slots. Six slots can be at-larges. So, hey, Notre Dame, you're good enough. You get an at-large. All right, Georgia, you messed up. You lost your conference championship game, but we think you're pretty good, so we're going to invite you. Hey, hey, West Virginia, hey, Texas, you know what? You guys messed up. We think you're good enough. Come on in. 
It's a possibility that I don't think I'm going to see in my lifetime. But ultimately, at the end of the day, it's not a true national championship until it's open to everyone. And you've got a committee that's saying, okay, here's the four slots. We don't think we need to expand it right now. But if you open up the eight slots, I think you got to guarantee a team like a Central Florida, best team from the group of five, whatever you want to designate those schools, that's what you need to do. All right, when we come back, we're going to hear a little bit from earlier this afternoon, player interviews. Uh, we've got several guys. We're going to break down this game between Marshall and South Florida. We'll get your phone calls in later on as well. 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. More on the way. It's The Drive, presented by Beltone Hearing Aid Center on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.
You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Wednesday edition of The Drive presented by Belltone Hearing Aid Center on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Had a chance to catch up with some of the guys earlier this afternoon, player interviews from today. Uh, we've got Ryan B. We're going to hear from Armani Lovias. Uh, we'll hear from Malik Gant. Uh, we'll hear from Isaiah Green, Chase Hancock. We've got a few more for you as well. So all that's coming up, but I want to start with Jordan Dowry. Uh, Jordan, he's a, he's a guy who he's putting everything into the student-athlete aspect of his his career. And he's a perfect guy to ask him, just kind of get a feel from him what what the week's been like as far as just trying to get ready for finals preparation for the bowl game, all of that coming together. And here's what he had to say about that. We've had a little bit of time um, to prepare a little bit uh, ahead, of, ahead of time. So we're not overwhelmed by the preparation and finals. Um, finals are keep you busy. Uh, there, there's a lot going on there, but uh, the preparation is, is routine at this point, And we've already had a jump on them. We've had uh, plenty of time to start working on them. So, um, the coaches know more than we do at this point. We haven't had, we haven't watched as much film, but they've had plenty of time, um, and so they already know them really well. And so, every every chance we're in a meeting, every chance we're we're together and working on them, um, we have a really good plan for what we're going to do and how we're going to handle things. So obviously, while the guys have been working on taking care of finals, classwork, things of that nature, you've got Marshall coaches who are pouring over film, putting game plans together. I'm sure all that's pretty much installed now is just get everybody on the same page. And so the last time we talked to Jordan Dowry, just found out about the game a few days prior, really doesn't have that much of a understanding yet of the opponent only because they haven't been preparing for the opponent. Now that they've had some time to prepare, to look at film, to game plan, I wanted to get his revised impression of USF, especially what he's going to have to deal with, that defensive front. The biggest thing about their defensive front is it's going to be a lot of different fronts that they run. They do a lot of different things. They move people around, um, and they're an athletic front um, is the biggest thing I've noticed. They're, they're athletic, and they will show you a lot of different looks, um, and that means we've got to prepare for all of the different things that they're going to do, and, uh, and we're going to have to be able to move and, and stay on blocks well because they are athletic. I was kind of curious also, now that he's had time to, to look him over a little bit, I just wanted to f- get a feel from him and some of the other guys as well when we were talking to these guys today. want to get a feel for, hey, who's this team remind you of? So that was one of the questions that was asked of Jordan. You know, do they remind you of anyone? Here's his impressions of that. I'm bad at remembering the, the specifics from a while back, but the, the biggest thing that I'm, I'm seeing is it's, they're not, there's not a one – big huge guy in the middle and that makes them a little bit different they're they're not a small front but they don't have one of the big guys anchoring on the inside so it's going to be interior wise there's going to be more movement um that sort of thing um and we've we've played against a lot of teams that do that here and there um, but i think they're going to be doing that a little bit more consistently than some other teams we've played now, one of the fun aspects of Jordan Dowry's position is he gets to see a lot of the up-close collision work, right? He gets to see a guy like uh, Knox, who's emerged as uh, one of the offensive threats for the Thundering Herd. So 
Jordan was asked about that, his growth, his development, just watching the emergence of Knox as he carries the ball. Oh, that, that's been that's been a lot of fun, and I and I've been excited for him to get his opportunity. And, and when he did, I, I it wasn't a surprise that he played the way he did um, when he got that the when he started playing in Charlotte. Um, but seeing him run like this is is awesome. He's helped the offense uh, improve as when filled that gap when we had some guys hurt um, and him being as ready as he was to step up when he had that opportunity is awesome and as a teammate when you see a guy work really hard and do all the right things you want to see them succeed and when he got his chance he was ready to go because of how he's gone to work and all those things so I'm, I'm really happy for him he's the kind of guy who you want to see do well. Also one aspect of Knox's game has been his pass protection. And here's what Jordan thought of that when asked. Uh, as far as I can tell, he's done really well. Um, it's not the aspect of protection that I spend a lot of time um, watching and looking at. Um, but I know in every other aspect of his game, he's physical and plays really hard. So I've, I've, got, I've got no worries about him in the backfield. Another question that was asked of Jordan, just is he fun to block for? Because, you know, when Knox goes after you, He's one of your running back types that he's just trying to bowl somebody over. He's just going to go through them. And Jordan gets a, a bird's eye view. I mean, he really gets actually a great look. And so it was asked, hey, is it just fun to block for this guy? And O-lineman's mentality is is not to avoid contact. And I know that there, a lot of times that's the better way to go when you've got the ball in your hand, avoid contact. And, I, and, you, and when you're quick enough to do it, um, I, I probably would if I were quick enough and had the ball in my hand. But if I, I'm not. <laughs> so if I've got the ball, I'm running through somebody. And uh, that always gets me going when I, see, when I see a guy lower their shoulder and just run through somebody. So, all right, I, I might go down, but you are too. Uh, and that, that kind of attitude is, uh, is fun for me. Um, it's just tough football and that, that kind of thing. I, I like the way he runs the ball. It's a good philosophy. That's a philosophy I, I'm going to adopt. If I can't go around you, I'm just going to go through you, right? i got to work on that, though. Sometimes it's better to go through. Sometimes it's better to go around. If you're Brandon Knox, you go through people. If you're Jordan Dowry, uh, you got to go through people because you can't move and get around them. On the defensive side, Ryan B., he's going to have his uh, hands full, of course. And Ryan... One of those guys, you're not going to see much of him after it's all said and done, at least in a herd uniform, because, well, he's going to be hopefully doing other things. His career's wrapping up. But before we talk about that with Ryan, I want to get his revised impression of that USF offensive line. They're a tremendous team. They got uh, um, their, you know, their offensive lines. They're big. They're, they're athletic. They can move. Um, you know, that quarterback. Uh, He's 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 a guy that's he I mean he'll run it just as well as he passes you know he's kind of like um, uh, kind of like the Virginia Tech guy you know um, very mobile you know he'll get out of the pocket and, and, and run the ball just just as more uh, just as much as he passes it and then, you know the running backs are tremendous like they're uh, looking at like the stat sheet or whatever they're they're like five five and five elevens but they're uh, they're, they're quick, uh, shifty guys, so there'll be um, just another challenge to get them on the ground. Same question I had of Jordan uh, to Ryan, just kind of get a feel for, hey, do these guys remind you of anyone? As far as running back, I'd say, you know, 
Singletary from FAU, just, uh, just a great running back. You know, he's good as what he does, and, and they are too. So, uh, you know, like I said, it's just another challenge. Speaking of challenge, Thundering Herd's been pretty good stopping the run. That's been where they've been able to have some success. Now, you look at USF, they're going to come at you, they're going to run. That seems to be a strong place for them. So, question to Ryan was, you know, how's that going to be? How fun is that going to be? Because you got strength on strength. You guys good at stopping the run. They like to run. So, what's that going to be like for you? How fun is that going to be? Yeah, you know, that's kind of what we hung our hat on this season is, uh, you know, our run defense. Um, and, and, you know, it's just, it's I guess, a good matchup because they, they like to run the ball. We like to try and stop the run. So, uh, it'll be it'll be fun to watch. And finally, talking to Ryan, we've had an opportunity over the last year more so. He's been a guy we talked to on Tuesdays. So it's not one of the situations where uh, most of the media are there. We're not rushed with him. So you get to know this guy and just want to kind of get a feel from him uh, as the days are getting closer and closer to the game as his career at Marshall is coming to a conclusion, you know, what's he feeling? What's he going through as we're right there at the end of his career, at least at Marshall? It's a bittersweet feeling, you know. It's um, it's kind of it's nice to be done. Oh, almost done, not done yet, but it's nice to be finishing up. But you know, kind of bitter at the same time, you know, because I'm, I'm actually yesterday I started packing up my stuff to move out of my house, so it's like. It's kind of sad, like, you know, I don't want to, I'm not ready, I'm ready and not ready to leave, you know, I don't know how to explain it, but, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely a bittersweet feeling. Yeah, I can feel that, I can see that, because you kind of get melancholy a little bit, you're changing, change is always a different feeling, because you get so accustomed to being in one spot, some people, it's very melancholy for them, others, they can't wait to get out depending on their situation, but it sounds like it's really bittersweet. I think that's a great way to describe it for Ryan because, you know, one hand you're moving on, the other hand um, you're moving on, and that's kind of a time to reflect. So that's Jordan and Ryan. We've got others we're going to get to. We're going to break this one down a little bit more. We'll get your phone calls in at 877-420-8255. That is 877-420-TALK. I'm Paul Swan. You're listening to The Drive, presented by Belltone Hearing Aid Center, and you're listening to it on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 and online at WRVC.com.
Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Belltone Hearing Aid Center on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. We've got player interviews from earlier this afternoon over at Jones E. Edwards Stadium. The team getting ready to take on South Florida in the Bad Boy Mowers Gasparilla Bowl. You know, the... Um, the pick on the game right now might be swinging towards Marshall. If you look at ESPN's confidence pool players, they're going with USF right now. Why? Because maybe they think South Florida is a bigger name. They're more familiar with the Bulls right now. That could be true. But if you look at the FPI and the S&P Plus metrics, guess what? Marshall is winning that battle. You got a team in South Florida, they've lost five straight, and three of their last four games, they didn't even get to 20 points. So Marshall's got an advantage there because Marshall's not going to score in bunches, according to the report on the confidence of the bowl picks. But at the same time, Thundering Herd is rated high for having what is considered an elite top 15 de- defense um, to go up against that South Florida offense. And you got Blake Barnett as one of the bright spots for South Florida, the quarterback. And you got the running back, Jordan Cronkite. But nobody's excited about anything else that South Florida offers right now. So that's kind of the impression going on with Marshall and South Florida. But I'm concerned about the impression that Marshall football players have right now. And Armani Levias, one of the guys we got a chance to talk to, and just want to get his impression. I don't want the expert's impression. I want his impression on South Florida. They just another team that we're going to play. Any team we play, I believe we can beat anyone. And as long as we do the little things and play for each other, we're going to win regardless of who we play. You know, they might be a good team, but at the end of the day, it's a team we're going to have fun and we're going to keep this streak going. There's another team. Just another team. That's your breakdown from uh, Levias. But I wanted to know a little bit more. So, again, we're kind of kind of trying to find out, hey, who's these guys remind you of? You guys have faced enough teams now. Uh, kind of give us a an analog, who, who they remind you of. And so when we asked him that question, this is what we got. Um, I say they like um, like an NC State because they are bigger, bigger up. They bigger up front, so it's like we got we got to go back to when we play NC State just to watch a few things how we handle the bigger ends and the linebackers, and they go from there. One question that was asked: What's the reason for the improved tight end play? And he broke it down simply by saying, coach. Our coach, Coach Gobu, you know, we started as as the, the afterthought because we didn't, we, we didn't have as much sweat equity as the coaches say. And each game we progressed and the OC started believing us more and we just started connecting better with the quarterbacks, Isaiah and Alex. So when, like my coach say, 
put good stuff on tape, so we continue to put good stuff on tape and but building that trust between the OC and the quarterback. And finally, question was asked of, of Levias, just kind of give an evaluation on that matchup, that tight end defense matchup with South Florida. They smaller and we bigger. We just as athletic as them. Plus we bigger, so we, we got the edge. And we most of the time we're going to be the more athletic team stepping on that field every time. And I believe in our guys, and we're going we gonna to put in the work to get better. And come Thursday, we come out with the win. Moving on, we got Chase Hancock. Now, um, Chase we talked to last week. Chase is just a cool cat. When he comes in, he's just he's just chilling with us. And I asked him early, just give me a reevaluation of of South Florida. And he basically said, Hey, you know, you know everything I said last week? That's my evaluation. That didn't hold. So the reporter from Channel 13 is like, hey, I wasn't here last week, so What's your evaluation of South Florida? Here's Chase Hancock. The offensive line, they do a good job of, um, you know, opening up holes. Uh, I noticed that, I mean, you could drive a truck through them. So, I mean, that explains why the running backs are doing so well. Um, the running backs, they run hard. Um, you know, they'll, they'll lose ground to gain to gain ground. Um, quarterback, he does a good job, and he'll, he'll run if he, if he has to. So, um the whole offense is a good offense, and we really have to, to lock in and just everybody just do their job. Now, Chase, he's a guy that's got a lot on his plate, like a lot of these guys. So the question was asked of him, hey, how are you doing this now? You're going through this. This is a pretty big week here. you got the bowl game. you got finals, everything. This is sort of a pressure-packed week for you. Oh, it has been between finals and then graduation and then right after graduation we go to practice and then we fly out the next day for to, to go to the bowl. Um, but um, like our like our chaplain says, you know, you were built for this. So we've been preparing for this and um, now I'm, I'm ready. Now, there have been some suggestions that quarterback situations not firm just yet at South Florida. So Chase was asked to sort of evaluate that situation with their quarterback, what their looks like. If um, they rotate quarterbacks in, what kind of looks are you going to get with different quarterbacks? So here's uh, Chase's evaluation of what this team looks like with and without Blake Barnett. Well, I mean, I noticed that, that they rotate quarterbacks here and there. And when you watch the film, they've got different quarterbacks, and I think they bring um, a different aspect to every game. Um, some of them like to run a little bit more. Um, you know, I, I don't know what, what they'll have in store for us, but um, I do know that they are all capable and they are all threats to us. So we have to, to take keep that in consideration as we prepare for them this week. So that's Chase Hancock. When we come back from break, we're going to hear from Isaiah Green, get his thoughts on the game. He breaks it down a little bit more for us. Also, we will get your phone calls in at 877-420-TALK. That's 877-420-8255. It's The Drive, presented by Beltone Hearing Aid Center on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.
You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan, presented by Beltone Hearing Aid Center on ESPN 94.1 FM at AM 930. Welcome back to the Wednesday edition. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Just a reminder, if you find yourself not able to listen to the show live, we've got you covered. All you have to do is go to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio. We're on TuneIn, Spotify, wherever you get you wherever you get your podcast is what I'm saying. You got someplace you get podcasts, you can get us there. And if you can't, let them know you want to hear the show. But Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, those are kind of my favorites to go to. Also, TuneIn is great. And, of course, Spotify. Everyone's got Spotify. So that's where we're at as well. I don't know if he's uh, going to skip the bowl or not, but Daryl Henderson from Memphis, he said that he is leaving after his junior season. Uh, so he shares his decision, of course, on the social media platform of choice for self, um, self, I guess, awareness, press conferences. You know, I want to get that announcement out. I'm just going to throw it out there on Twitter. And so he throws it out on Twitter today, says he's going to be forever grateful for Memphis giving him the opportunity to chase his NFL dream. So no word yet if he's going to play in the bowl game. Would you blame him if he didn't? The bowl game is the Birmingham Bowl on December 22nd. The opponent is Wake Forest. Now, I'm not saying Memphis is that much better than Wake Forest, but are you getting excited for Wake Forest? Does that excite you? You wake up and you look on TV, you plan your day, like, what am I going to do today? What am I going to watch? You scan the dial, it's the 22nd, you're looking for something, and you go, Hey, I'm going to watch the Birmingham Bowl with Memphis play Wake Forest. No, I don't think you're going to do that. So would you blame him if he left? I wouldn't. One guy that's not leaving because, well, he's got a few more years, Isaiah Green, head quarterback, guy in charge of the Thundering Herd offense. Um, One question I asked him before we get to his uh, audio cuts is, uh, I kind of want to get an idea of who this team reminded him up in he said scheme-wise it was UTSA. So UTSA is the team that reminds him of South Florida. But I just want to get his impressions. Hey, Isaiah Green, break down South Florida for me. They play a lot of guys on the D-line. Um, don't have a lot of big guys, more speed than, you know, kind of build and stuff like that. But, yeah. A lot of they play a lot of guys on the D line. They rotate in and out. They got some long, long defensive ends. Six, six, four kids, six, two kid. Um, they kind of light in the secondary. You know, they got a corner playing at 168. Uh, you know, 5'11 safety. So that's just small things I take away from that. And they they play a lot of man too, almost 50 percent of the time. So that's that's just a couple things we took away so far question not really a question just want to get his thoughts he points out they're 50 percent man and they got a corner that's 511 you know you know he's salivating right now I just feel like we that's that should be a good advantage for us you know having a big strong receivers on the outside you know them having them having those kind of small defensive backs that should be a advantage for us. Now, as a young guy, you you hope that 
things improve as the season goes along. And I think we saw that with Isaiah. And there's still a lot to go for him before he's up there with the best of the best when it comes to Marshall quarterbacks. But yeah, here's Green on just how everything's improved with him, the wide receivers, and it seems to have picked up. He's got more options now, and he's able to find more options. I would say, you know, just me being young to start off, you know, not really going all the way through progressions, more like maybe looking at the first two guys and getting out of there. When I just, over time, I just get more and more comfortable to sit in there and step up this way, step up that way, then make a pass instead of just stepping up one way and running out of there and try to make something happen that way. So I say, yeah, it's probably just more of me just going through my progressions, you know, trying to find everybody. Also, one guy that's uh, really had some improvement, and you saw that a little bit more at the Virginia Tech game especially, Xavier Gaines. Here's uh, Green's thoughts on him. Yeah, that, that was big for him because X really has the potential to like be a dynamic threat with the, with the speed and like big physique that he possesses. You know, if we can get him going, it's hard for safeties and corners to even guard him. So I can imagine linebackers trying to guard him. So if we get him going and keep our money going, it's it's, it's going to be big for us. Now on this South Florida defense, it was brought up to Isaiah that. They're a more athletic defense. They're giving up some size to be more athletic. So they're a smaller unit out there. And here's Isaiah's impressions on that. Yeah, I feel like we definitely have have to use that to our advantage, you know. We got Tyree on the outside, OB on the outside. We got Armani and X at the tight end spots. Both of them big guys, you know, working against smaller people. So I feel like we got to a lot of opportunities that we're going we gonna to have to make plays, like big plays down the field, you know, big possession catches by the tight ends, you know, and even Marcel and, and um, Artie, you know, with the man coverage that they play, uh, those guys got some speed too, you know. So we, I just feel like we got a lot of matchups all over the place that we can go to. The matchup you didn't hear him talk about, we brought it up to him. Um, you got that big boy who's going to be able to bowl over people and Brandon Knox. And uh, it was asked of Isaiah, you know, Knox against that South Florida defense, him being successful, is that going to set the tone for this game? Yeah, that, that definitely plays a big part in the offense now because, you know, I know teams watching Knox on film is like, man, this kid is physical, like, we got to find a way to stop him. So when you, when you start worrying too much about him, that's when you just open up more lanes for everything else. You run the pass, and you got a kid who can run, so you run the pass. Now, one question that was asked of Isaiah was just from his vantage point. Now, he's got a great view. He's the quarterback. He can see things happen. He can see things open up. And so – from his point of view, his vantage part, his vantage point, what, what's it like just seeing Knox run and you get your blocks set up, you get everything right, and you get to see a situation where it's just him. He's one-on-one with somebody. And here's Isaiah's um, overview of that. Uh, I hope he's not about to get ran over. Because <laughs> Knox, every time he touches the ball, if he one-on-one, 
he trying to put the boom down on anybody that get in his way. So I just I just feel bad for anybody that's in that situation. Because I done personally watched Knox put 500, 600 pounds on his back and just do it like it's nothing. So I just know that anybody that get in his way, he going to definitely make, make them feel him. 500, 600 pounds, just carry fools, right? It's kind of kind of fun to see those guys um, try to stop him. And Isaiah talked about also when we were with him earlier about that energy. When he sees Knox just go out there and run over players, what does that do for this team? How does that energize this team? It just brings a whole different kind of juice, you know. Like, even not even just the offense, you can feel it from the sideline. Like, every time he just runs somebody over and make a big run and finish with running the corner over down the sideline like he did VTech. Like, you just feel the whole sideline just get amped and it just, just give us like an extra boost, you know. Yeah, it's fun. You see Knox go out there and just run somebody over. That's always fun. You get a, a solid running game, and that opens up the passing game. Of course, we'll hear from Doc Holliday on Friday. We'll get a coach's perspective on this matchup as we are a week away. We are a week away. A week from tomorrow, Marshall's going to be playing in the Bad Boy Motors Gasparilla Bowl. Thundering Herd is going to be leaving later this week. Of course, graduation, commencement is going to take place this weekend. And then the team's off to get ready to play in Florida. So we're going to have that game for you right here. Right here, of course, is ESPN, 94.1 FM and AM 930. Also on our sister station, 93.7 The Dog. You know, tomorrow on the program, we're going to uh, get into a little bit more of this game. Also, kind of give you an idea of what the Bulls are doing as far as the swag bag. That's right. We're going to go over the swag bags once again. Uh, All I know is Camping World Bowl, you get $400 Best Buy gift card. I can make that happen. I can make that happen. That would be be good for me. For Marshall and the Bad Boy Motors Gasparilla Bowl, get a gift suite. That's it, a gift suite. I don't know the details of the gift suite. It's just a gift suite. Kids like that. For Gabriel Sellers, I'm Paul Swan. No gift suite for us here on the program. We need to work on that. We'll see you tomorrow. Good night. WRBC Huntington. W227BS Huntington. ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Huntington Sports Station.